and uh, we do appreciate that very much. I'm so honored today to have a friend, a mentor, but far more than that, a man of God and a real Christian. Bishop Tom Johnson, I've said this a couple of times through this week, but only eternity will be able to really reveal the depth of love and appreciation that I have for this man and his precious wife. The Johnsons are just such a special couple to us and have been for many, many years. Well, not too many because we're both still young, but, but, but as many years as our young lives will allow. Praise God. We love Bishop Johnson. And I'm telling you, those that were in the minister's breakfast the other morning, I'm still feasting from the presence of God that swept through our fellowship hall, the way God used this man to minister to me and to so many others. And I don't know how many times I've watched God do it. And Bishop, it's been way too many years that have passed since you were last here at the Truth Church, but we are so honored. In fact, I, I don't know how I did it. I thought that I had conveyed to him when we first spoke. I wanted him here on Sunday and Somehow, I guess I dropped the ball on that, and, and he ended up having to change his plane tickets. But I appreciate him doing that. I really do. I, I, it means so much to me that he's here on this Sunday morning. We miss Mama Jay, but we understand. I know she would be here if she could. But this couple, they are just, they're special. Not just to me, they're special to the apostolic movement. And I'm going to tell you, I really believe this. I believe they're special to God. I really do. I really do. Amen. I mean that. We love you, Bishop Johnson. And there are no fetters on this pulpit for you today. I want you to come. I want you to take your liberty. Whatever you feel in the Holy Ghost, preach to me today, Bishop. I love you so much. Oh, let's give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. God is so good, so good, so good, so good. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You've been standing a while. Uh, why don't you let me get to the book? Man, after that man polished me up like that, I hope I can come up to standard here. The part I really like is that I'm special to God, and I believe you're special to God, and uh, it's good to see all of you here, good to be back with all of you, and uh, back in this church, see it coming right on up, right on out, and uh, God has a special favor for this church, amen. This is going to be the epicenter of God's presence, already is, but uh, it's going to be greater than ever before. Well, let's get to the Word of God pretty quickly. Uh, thank you, Pastor and Sister Riggin, for making this a special weekend. I'm, I didn't get here till Thursday, and I know I missed three sessions of the conference. I've heard such good things about it, and then... Uh, to be here and hear the preaching, and wasn't yesterday a very special day, just a, just a special day, and we're appreciative of that, 
Hallelujah. I'm going to be reading from the book of Titus. It's good to, it's good to see our girl here. You know that Hilton guy? I've wanted to throw rocks at him for a long time. But when I see how perfectly they match they are, and how in love they are, and uh, how whatever else they are, man, it, uh, we still congratulate you. And I tease you, brother. Told him yesterday or the day before, I said, I hate you. And uh, he looked shocked, said, oh, what for? <laughs> As though he didn't know. Amen. We love Brother Jerry. Had some good times, and uh, we're here today. And uh, let's uh, turn to the book of Titus. I know there's things I need to say and should say. I'm very comfortable uh, in the room, and uh, I've already sent my food bag on to Mama Jay. She's out there starved to death all by herself, needing my help. But the Burgesses were kind enough to take... I wasn't going to give up that jar of honey. I don't care if it got all over my suits or whatever, but uh, I had a ram in the bush, and they took it home, and I appreciate it. Praise God. They're about an hour behind us out there, and uh, we, we'll uh, pray they catch up with us. Praise God. Let me, let me read. I, uh, I'm probably going to go a little off of the style I usually preach on Sunday mornings when I'm visiting a church or even back home. But this has just been burning in me since Mother's Day morning. And uh, I used a thought from this on Mother's Day. And I'll give you a title in a little bit. But Book of Titus. Now, did I tell you that uh, we read through the Bible, have tried to, and Mama J., she, she already finished the whole Bible by the middle of May. And uh, I, I started, she started the front and went all the way through. And I told her, oh, well, I'm going to start in the epistles, finish the epistles, come back, read the gospels, and then I'll get back over into the, and I'll read it through before the end of the year. I got to Titus, and I've been there two months. <laughs> and so uh, I've decided that I probably would never will be able to read it all the way through just word for word because there's just too much in it to pass it up. And if I mark it down, say I'll come back later. I can't wait a year when I find a treasure. Man, will you let me take you there to uh, some of my ponderings and some of my studies and some of what I found out in the, uh, in the book of Titus, about the book of Titus, just three short chapters. And, uh, Pastor, I'll probably need your assistance in reading. I like for there to be a reader because I don't read very well. <laughs> and so we're going to get into this book quickly as possible and get rolling here. Let's read some scriptures. Then I'll try to give you a little bit of explanation. Let's start with the first verse through the fifth verse. And I, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, boy, there's a sermon, and acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness, there's another one, hope of eternal life, there's another sermon, man, which God that cannot lie, there's another one, 
right there before the world, promised before the world began, that but hath in due times manifest his word through preaching. I like that. Through preaching. That's how his word was manifest. Which is committed unto me according to the commandment. I'll have to remove my pad there. Commandment of God our Savior. We say God our Savior. To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone say our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that were wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Do you mind standing long enough just to read a couple of more passages here? Let's go to chapter 2 and let's go to uh, verse number 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteous and godly in this present world. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the grace of God. It is very, very, very important. I'm just stopping right here. Isn't it something that God wanted to, to compare, for us to compare? And the writer wanted us to compare. Oh, our bodies are living, sacrifice, and all that. It's not hard to do when you compare it to the mercies of God. How merciful God was to me. Just giving him my life is very easy to do. Thought I'd just throw that in. That, as, you, as you can tell, everything in this book's preaching material to me. Amen. And we were reading, uh, not by works of righteousness, which uh, we... Wait, I've already jumped over to, to the other next passage you wanted to go to. Man, but teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. And let's go down to chapter 3 so you're not standing so much longer. And let's uh, look at verse 4. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. I want to preach for just a little while. Mother's Day, I tied it a little different in the whole different sermon, but uh, I preached about a godly mother in an ungodly world. Today, I want to preach a godly church in an ungodly world. A godly church in an ungodly world. Let's pray. God, lead us, Pastor. God, in Jesus' name, lay your hand on us now, Lord. Cause us to do your will. Cause us, oh God, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. Does that clock up there work? Right here? Well, all right. I can't see it anyway, so it doesn't matter. But we'll, we'll try to be uh, conscious of the time, and, uh, but uh, I want to I bring you this study, if I can, and try my best to put it in a an evangelistic uh, measure, and uh, do my best to help you in Jesus' name. Amen. It is, uh, it is sort of my nature that uh, if I find something, I'm going to dig around it. I, I want to I wanna know some depth about it. And I've been digging around the book of Titus now for two months. And maybe after today I can move on to What's the next book? And I'll, I'll do my best to spend some time there. But I'm enjoying this time in my age of just having some time with the Word of God and with the, the things of the Lord. I, uh, I, it's an interesting time in life, and I am very happy about it. I don't regret a mile I've come. A few more days, and I'll be 79. I'm going to celebrate uh, I'm going to celebrate this decade all year long. And uh, anyway, let's look now at the word of the Lord. This is a very short epistle. And the Apostle Paul, as you can tell from, from uh, the writing, he has sent a letter to Titus, who he left in Crete. Crete is an island in the Mediterranean. You've been to Crete? You've been to Crete. Well, maybe I'll let you tell some of the history of this, of this heathen place. But uh, it was in, uh, there were the Christians who were there present on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost fell. And uh, there were many baptized and, and of course everyone then was dispatched and departed to their own land, their own country. And the Christians ended up that had been at Pentecost spirit-filled exposed to the truth, repented, baptized in Jesus' name, went back to Crete. They went back to a, uh, a country uh, that was steeped in mythology, in all kinds of superstitions, and uh, there in the middle of that ungodliness, Paul commissioned Titus to build a church, to set a church in order, to cause there to be a church that would shine in the presence of that heathen nation. There's some things that they were up against, if you will let me use that term. But uh, when, you think of, uh, when you think of that world that Titus was exposed to, commissioned to take authority over, to teach the church how to be the church, and to teach them... Uh, the method in which they were to win the lost. And so here he is uh, left there, dropped off. The, uh, the, the, uh, the man in his life put him there and told him to stay there. You know, I don't know about apostolic authority anymore, I guess. So, but uh, my pastor never did that to me, but he sure offered me some good suggestions. <laughs> but... Uh, when you see that there he was, 
one day. And then he instructed him, this is what you are to teach. This is how you are to teach the people. And so he was aware of the culture and that the church was a counterculture to the existing culture. They were to be and were to become to be greater and more separate and more different than that world ever could explain. Man, you see, they were, they were uh, deep into mythology and anything that's in the world, this is my pastor talking, he said anything that's in the world eventually creeps into the church if it can. It, portions of it, parts of it, little segments of it will always get into the church if we're not guarded and we're not careful uh, in how we are careful to examine things. We hear it redundantly throughout the Bible. We are to try the spirits. We are to testify of the Word of God and it alone. We're to have no other gods. And, and uh, God wants His people separate and holy exclusively. He said you're a peculiar people. That don't mean you're strange and weird. That means a, a peculiar treasure. That means in the real estate business, it's peculiarly his. Amen. It's his and his alone. That's who it, we are, his peculiar, owned only by him, directed only by him. We're his. We're his. Amen. And so he, uh, he wanted Titus to set some things in order. That don't mean he organized a religious organization. That meant uh, you got to get all these people straight in the doctrine. you got to get them solidified in the things of God. Amen. And I'm not uh, implicating today that, that uh, uh, this, this church needs set in order. My, you have uh, one of the greatest, uh, the greatest teacher uh, among us, and we're grateful for that. But uh, at the same time, let, let me just preach what I'm feeling today, if you will. Amen. And so here, here he is in the midst of this heathen nation, Greek mythology that shaped the Christian culture as it deviates from the well-known Olympian seat of the transistent gods. You've already been talking about it. Here they are. Amen. Uh, you know, we hear about the Olympics. Well, this goes back to that. But nonetheless, uh, let, let me read what, uh, what this theologian uh, wrote about this. And the Cretan believed the Greek gods were mere men and women elevated to deities through benevolent service and gifts to mankind. It was a theological or a theology from below rather than from above. They held that the majority of the gods were born on their island, Crete, including the chief man, man become God, Zeus, who was allegedly buried there. In their minds, Crete was the central place of the worship of gods, of the gods. The mythology was so entrenched in Christian culture that the church Churches in Paul's day were integrating that understanding of the Christian God with the prevailing views about the Greek gods and mainly Zeus. This was bad news, especially in the light of the kind of be 
God become, or man become God, Zeus was. I'm going to read, this is, this is almost X-rated. It recorded that he loved to seduce women by any means necessary, even by assuming godlike characteristics to get what he wanted. Once he assumed the form of a husband to get a woman into bed and then resorted to lying when seduction didn't work, it, it, in a nutshell, Zias or Zeus was a liar, a womanizer, and the, Christ, the Christians immortalized him for this. They took pride in his shady character and underhanded ways. I think you're now getting a little bit of knowing where I'm coming from today. Amen. Does it not describe our world today? That the heroes are adulterers, fornicators, sportsmen. They're, they, 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 in the end, now, now understand this, in the end, they immortalized him as a god, built statue, a naked statue of him, and set it in the main city of, of Crete, and they worshipped him as God. He was a man who became God. Imagine that in the minds of Christians in the church. Amen. Paul was very careful to say, no, we don't worship a man that became God. We worship a God who became man. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so he had, to, he had to counter. He had to counter all the teachings of the Christians that, uh, that man becomes God. Man never becomes a God. God became a man. Dwelt among us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's something else here that needs to be noted. And that is, uh, you know, the, the Trinitarians love to go through the places where uh, God the Father and then God the Son. Paul, there's several things that he really, he was very careful to let all the Christians to, to let Titus know, you tell the Christian, God who cannot lie. I'll come back to that in a little while. And then he was careful to point out throughout these three chapters, he always linked the Savior with both God and Jesus. Every time. He, he, we probably need to read that, brother. Uh, chapter 2, uh, Let's, let's read it. Uh, might, somebody might not believe it unless we read it. Man. Uh, one in three, he speaks of God, and you don't have to read that one. As God our Savior, while simultaneously speaking of Jesus, that is the incarnate Son of God, that's there in that one. And so let's, let's go to two and ten. Not purloining, uh -huh. but showing all good fidelity, okay. that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior Lord, in I all love, things. I love that verse. Uh -huh. God our who? God our Savior. Well, well reach down there to, thir is it 13 that's next, or did you just read 13? No, that was 10. That was 10, read 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Seems like they're kind of one and the same, don't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then, so he's got to get this instilled into the hearts of the people. I don't think I'll have much problem here. But folks, they're just one God. Were, were you there the other night when pastor asked me to come and address the congregation after we dedicated the babies? And I made my little speech, and I closed it with this. You teach all these children, there's just one God. And you teach them, that's Poppy sitting up there in that chair. Right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amen. It's just one God. Well, let's, let's close it out with reading the rest of it. Let's lead, read uh, Titus uh, 3 and 4. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Yes, God our Savior. Uh-huh. God our Savior. Right. Man, let me, let me, now let me just read what this, I'm assuming a Trinitarian scholar theologian said Christ Jesus our Savior and the great God and Savior Jesus Christ if you compare 1 and 3 with 1 and 4, 2 and 10 with 2.13 and 3 and 4 with 3 and 6 you'll notice how closely Paul puts references to both Jesus and God as Savior. Can't believe they wrote this. The point is if God the Father and Jesus the Son were both the same, God and Savior of the Christians, then Jesus is God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And unlike Zeus, he didn't assume deity for his own gain. But rather, though he is God, he sets aside his divine privileges and condescends to humanity for our gain. My, 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 my. He was the mighty God. Manifest in flesh. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I have a series at home that uh, uh, I started a year or so ago. And when pastor is kind enough to let me come uh, it's, it, and teach a Bible lesson, I usually just preach evangelistic. But when it, I, I started a series called For Without Controversy. Things that cannot be disputed, right. cannot be. There's no argument. The Godhead really has no argument. Jesus' name, baptism, there's no argument. We go on and on. Holiness without question. There's, there's no argument about separation from the world. Oh, and I love teaching it. I'm going to sneak in one night and tell them to go sit down. I'm teaching tonight. I've never done that, never will. But, man, you don't know how you get the itch. Amen. But this is, uh, this is uh, God's church sitting in the middle of idolatry, false worship, false doctrines, and all of these things. And Paul says, Titus, you correct it. They were in the midst of a, of a society where, where uh, man became God and men could ascend to certain places as gods and were worshipped as gods. Isn't that pitiful? And then there was another little factor in there, and we'll address that shortly. But there was 
what was called in their society the Romanized woman. <laughs> she was independent. She loved nightclubbing more than she loved housework. Man, you know, I saw some, I saw, uh, I know a woman, I ain't going to say I saw, I know a woman that can't buy groceries, but she can afford a tattoo and a cigarette. How does that work? I don't get it. You can't buy groceries, but you can buy cigarettes and tattoos and wine on the street corner, wine among people. Bobby Davis, Brother Robert Davis, he, he, he sent me that. He probably sent it to you. He sent that picture of that woman with that tattoo. And is, is at the bottom, the caption was, three more payments and this will be mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my. Folks, if I, if I deal with this whole thing about the Cretans, that what an ungodly society but there planted in the middle of them was a church. And Paul wanted it strengthened. Paul wanted it set in order. Paul wanted among these, among these uh, Romanized women and all of, the, all of the habits they have and all the society there is imposing upon him, the, them, it stands a church that will not move, will not budge. I want it solidified. Boy, there's so much here. He, he addresses the Godhead. He addresses salvation through the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and, and the goodness and the mercies of God that led us into the church. And oh, We're born again. Yeah. Christians, you're born again of the water and of the Spirit. Yeah. You're of a different breed. You're of a different culture. You don't belong to the culture of Crete. You belong to the body of Christ. There's just one God, and he manifests himself as your Savior. My Lord, my Lord. Uh, I, this, this could go six ways to Sunday. I want to be careful. and Because uh, there's a whole lot here. After you study two months, there's too much to preach. Man. But, but uh, Paul's reminding him, you know, the Christians are always liars. And he told them God cannot lie. But these Christians are liars. Uh, uh, it was a badge of honor to be called a lying Christian in that society. Who could tell the biggest lie? <laughs> Y'all want to have a contest here today? Y'all ever heard about the liars contest they had back in Arkansas? Our old district superintendent, he went every year. He just said he had to go. He had to go for the humor, and, and he loved to come back telling about about who won the liars contest over near Silo somewhere over there. Anyway, y'all got just a moment. Won't make you late for lunch. He come he come home just laughing. You'd have seen C A Nelson. He'd laugh and slap his leg and his mouth so wide. He'd, he said, he said uh, the, the second place was, second place winner was that the family had an old coon dog. And that old coon, y'all got time for this little human? <laughs> this, this, this old coon dog, all they'd do is the skinning board. You know, you young folks don't know what we're talking about. 
But when the coon come in, you'd skin him and check his hide to dry so you could take it to sell. And so they'd just take the they'd just take the skinning board outside, whatever size coon they wanted, and they'd just show it to the old dog and lean it up there. And the old dog would go out in the woods and after a while he'd come home with a coon. Exactly fit that skinning board. And the liar, second place liar, it was this. That one day that dog went missing and he never has come back because mama made the mistake of leaning the ironing board against the cabin door. <laughs> he never found one. I thought that's pretty good. That's a pretty good liar right there. Man. But the one that won the contest was short and simple. It's grandma and grandpa had a grandfather clock that the pendulum swinging back and forth wore a hole in the back of the clock. <laughs> How did I get to telling these kind of stories? <laughs> oh, my. But the Christians could outdo that. And they were immortalized for their ability to lie. Look at our society today and see if there's not a comparison to what we're talking about here. The, the worship of the body, the worship of the, uh, the whole, the, the, the pattern that folks are living by today fits this right here. We live in this, and the church must become resistant to it. The church must become, must become the church. And if we're going to reach the world, we're not going to do it on their terms and do it in their way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord. And you see, you see, it's amazing. And I need to go on and, and just go ahead and get it instead of giving you some more of this. But they were a counterculture. The church was totally different. Don't ever be ashamed of being totally different than the world. Now, we don't make uh, uniforms for all of us to wear. But we, the uniform dress code is godliness. Godliness and holiness. Amen. We're going we're gonna to win. The, let, let, me, let me just drop it on you right now. There are a lot of people, and I'm glad we're preaching it. We're preaching about a dynamic burst of the Spirit that like it's just going to come down and, and uh, you know, split the pulpit. Seems like I read that somewhere. All kinds of the things that God's going to the miracles that He's going to work. Well, I'm not. I'm not demeaning that. I'm not. I'm not putting that down because we've seen miracles. We're going to continue to see miracles, but they're not going to be the source of revival. It's going to surprise you, man, that Paul didn't give Titus any instruction for some dynamic. Move of God, some extraordinary, great, big, 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 big. You know what? 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 This is going to kill your spirit. He said, "I want you to teach. I want you to put elders and bishops in every city, and for the purpose, read what he said. I don't care if you read the whole thing. I need to catch my breath." Man, right there, that very first chapter, in the, just the, probably the sixth verse. He gets right to it. He said, Titus, this is what I want you to do. For this cause left I thee in Crete, 
that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. Read. Ordain elders in every city as okay. I appointed thee. Uh-huh. Now he starts in on it. Right. If any be blameless. Wait a minute. I thought he's supposed to wave his hanky and spit in everybody's face and scream. No, no. He's supposed to. Here's what he's saying. This is what I want my preachers to look like. Right, right. Because we are counterculture to their culture. They got these he-men naked sitting in a square. They're worshiping them. This is what I want my people to look like to counterbalance. The husband of one wife yep. having faithful children uh-huh. not accused of riot yes. or unruly. Yes. For a bishop must be blameless. Blameless. For the steward of God. Not self-willed, yeah. nor soon angry, uh-huh. nor given to wine. Yeah. No striker, no. not given to filthy lucre, yes. but a lover of hospitality, yes. a lover of good men. Yes. Sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word oh. as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine yes. both to exhort and to convince the gainslayers. The gains- listen to this. Whoa. Somebody says, you mean that's how we're going to win the Christians? That's exactly how we're going to win the Christians. That's exactly how the church is going to produce a church in this generation. It's not by our dynamic display. My folks, it's by the preacher being the preacher he ought to be. Walking among the citizens of this world. Walk among the Christians. Walk among the Christians. And let them see a real man of God. Who's true and holy and separate. Pastor, I hope this is all right. But I'm just sick and tired of this pie in the sky thing. We're kicking around too much these days. Just let the preacher be the preacher. Let him be honest. Let him be according to what Titus was written and this, this, and then he goes into this course about the Christians all liars and all of that and, and then we go I think to chapter is it chapter 2 immediately ok read a few more in chapter 1 let's, let's see for, for there are many unruly and vain talkers yep. and deceivers, yep. especially they of the circumcision, uh-huh. whose mouths must be stopped. That's the Jews that come from Jerusalem, and they, they, they want to impose Jewish tradition. Right. Who, uh, who subvert whole houses, uh-huh. teaching things which they ought not for yep. filthy lucre's sake. Yeah. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said the Christians are always liars, yeah, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is Close. true. Wherefore rebuke them sharply That they may be sound in the faith Not giving heed to Jewish fables And commandments of men Uh That turn from the truth Unto the pure all things are pure But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving Is nothing pure But even their mind and conscience is defiled They profess that they know God But in works they deny Him Being abominable and disobedient And unto every good work reprobate So he said we're not going to have Them kind of preachers in our fellowship they're going to straighten up or, you know, they can hit the road. Right. Amen. But, but uh, that's the preacher's yeah. letter right there. Right. Now, let's get into the husbands. First verse, second All right. chapter. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. I love that one. That the aged men be sober. Yes. Great. That don't mean not, not nipping on the bottle. 
Man, that's that sobriety of lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, you can tease and have fun, but we know there's a sober lifestyle. When it comes to living for God, folks, we live for God. Right, right, right. Grave, temperate. Uh -huh. Sound in faith, yes. in charity, in yes. patience. Yes. The aged women also, now likewise. Now he's, this is our evangelistic team, folks. Uh. Yeah, read. Yeah. Yeah. That they be in behavior as becometh holiness. That, now look, you just have to, you know I could preach on every one of these, mm. but I'm not going to. Pastor will be here a long time. Not false accusers. Yes. Not given to much wine. Uh -huh. Teachers of good things. Yes. That they may teach the young women to be sober. Now, here we go. Teachers. To love their husbands. Yeah. To love their children. To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands. Uh -huh. That the word of God be not blasphemed. Yes. Young men likewise. Now you see what I taught for godly mothers in an ungodly world. Yeah. Right there. That's, that's how it's done. Yeah. It ain't because you can it's it's because you live the life. That's right. How are we going to win the world? You can shout all you want to, run the aisles all you want to, have all kinds of so-called spiritual antics you want to, but unless you walk the walk. That's how you're going to win them. That's how you're going to win them. That find out that what you have is the real deal. Yeah. Read on. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Yes. In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. Uh, boy, would that be a, a good sermon title. Go ahead. Yeah. In doctrine showing uncorruptness, oh, gravity, yes. sincerity, yes. sound speech. Sound speech. That cannot be cannot condemned. Be. That he that is of contrary part may be ashamed, yes. having no evil thing to say of you. Do you see what, you, what he's saying there? If you just live the life, there's no corruption in you. Right. You're going to put them to shame. That's right. You're going to. Uh, yeah. Hmm? Right. Go ahead, and, and I'll let you finish just the exhortation there, lifestyle. We can, we can, the employees, the servants. Yeah, exhort servants to be obedient to their yeah. own masters, to please yeah. them, which. Yeah. Uh, well, in all things, not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Be Savior in all things. Amen. Yes, sir. There you are. What yeah. a society we live yeah. in. What a society we live in. Aren't you glad for the godly? Ladies, don't ever be ashamed right. of your lifestyle. Right. What some look like restriction. Don't ever. You already done it. But I'm going to rebuke you, and then you're not going to ever do it again. Don't get in front of the mirror and say, "Oh my hair! I wish I could get rid of this hair." Oh, if you, if you men just had to do your hair. Mm -hmm. Well, I know some men would do your hair for you, but I don't fellowship them. <laughs> you know what, Pentecostal apostolic ladies. You men, I'm not going to say anything today. I don't have time. I don't even know what time it is. But there is nothing more soul winning than a godly apostolic lady. They are, you know, I got on the plane the other day. And I, uh, I was one of the first ones aboard. And I sit there and I watched them come through, men and women. Boy, this generation 
dresses so sloppy. And I was kind of cashed out, you know. But, boy, I hope I didn't look that sloppy. If Some of them jeans that them folks wore, my mom would stop me, caught me by the ear. You ain't wearing them jeans. Them's got a hole in them, boy. I'll get that patch today while you're at school. That's right, that's right. Don't you know the devil's laughing at this generation, how far he's taken them into depravity, how far down in the pit he's taken them to wear the clothes they wear, do the things they do, how sloppy they look, tattoos all over their face, markings all over their body. You know, it, to me, it's disgusting and unsanitary when, when you go up to a counter and whoever's back there has got a ring in their nose, in their ear, and in their, in their lip, and, and big old stud on it or something, some kind of something other. And I thought, that looks nasty. That looks nasty. Why is it getting quiet? Some of you wanting to get one? Usually when it gets quiet, we, we're walking the trail. So you understand, don't get quiet on me. You, you reveal yourself. But, but oh, Lord, help this, help this generation understand. Oh. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this, and I know you witnessed this too. But two to three times a week when I'm with my wife in a store somewhere, somewhere else, I get almost envious. They walk up to her and say, you look like such a lady. I appreciate you dressing that way. Isn't that something? Yeah. That will be one comment. And another is, your hair is so beautiful. That's where I was going a minute ago. Don't, don't curse your hair. That's, that's God's tool of glory. Sister, am I okay? With this, I hope I can save you some teaching or something. Yeah, I hope yeah, yeah. hope y'all look at that lady and understand. I need to do my hair. I need to get uh, here. I am talking, but but you you look at the sloppy way, and and then I tell you the one that just gets me because after COVID, something wrong with here and my taste buds, but they say. Oh, lady, you smell so good. And I'm, I, I can't smell a thing. <laughs> kind of makes her mad. <laughs> but, but, but you want mm-hmm. And she don't squeeze on a lot of, you know, she don't take a bath in perfume. Uses very little if she ever does. And, and I buy it for her, but she still got, I think, nearly the original bottle. <laughs> but, but what is it about that? You don't see them calling worldly people out, telling them what a lady they look like. That's because there's not many ladies left in this world. But guess what? We got a room full of ladies here today who can demonstrate to a world this is what apostolic ladies look like. This is what freed from sin looks like. This is what born again looks like. This We're going to have revival, brother. But it's going to be because the church lives it, walks it, talks it, loves it. Oh, rejoices in who they are. Rejoices in living for God.
Oh, let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't you ever let them corner you up and try to talk you down and embarrass you and intimidate you. If you don't know what to say, don't say anything at all. Just look at them like they're a bunch of dummies. That's right. That's right. Oh, I'm about done here. I, I got pages after page here. But isn't it something? that the tools Paul instructed Titus to use were these simple tools of living for God, being right, being honest. Shut the mouth of the world. Hmm? You You don't have to argue. My wife, I hear her say this, and I've been privileged to hear in a couple of ladies' meetings through the back door. But I've heard her say, nobody can argue when you tell them, this is my conviction. Nobody can argue when you say, I have a conviction. This is the way I live. This is the way before God that I serve him. Nobody. You know, usually the world, they don't ever want to argue with you anyway. But it's some cold in their soul backslid apostolics that want to fuss. I remember a family situation one day, and they jumped on my wife and said, Sherry, you, you, you're causing confusion in this family. You're causing trouble in this family. She said, no, I'm sorry. You're causing the confusion because we are what we always have been. This is no new thing that we do. This is what you used to be. Why did I throw that in? Because somebody, somebody understands. Don't be intimidated by what they say. Aren't you glad you're the same old apostolic you always was? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Many, many people who are in our congregation today came and they, this is what they said. They saw some saint of God. They've come to me and said I want to be what y'all are the world's beat them up the devil's drug them down and made them think that living in that lifestyle was was the prominent most popular way to be living and it forsook them it dropped them it left them laying in the pit as it were and they rise up and say I saw a lady over there saw a lady over there oh just the other day, someone come in. She just got the Holy Ghost. Maybe it was Sunday morning, whatever morning it was. She just prayed through. I looked down from where I was sitting in pre-service prayer. She was down there weeping. A couple of ladies kind of reached over in a little bit. I felt I felt impressed. I went over and laid hands on her. She lifted up her head and started speaking in other tongues. I saw, her, I saw her worshiping and shouting in the last service I was in. I want to tell you, they're hungry. They're hungry. But they're not hungry to go to a bunch of hypocrites. A bunch of folks just jumping and hooping and shouting. They're looking for somebody that got the real deal. Somebody that lives like Titus told us we should live. Praise God. Oh, let's worship the Lord. 
Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, let's stand on our feet and worship the Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel the presence of the Lord. Somebody hear me. Did you come hungry today? This is the real deal here, folks. This is a, we're not a cult. We're not a cult. We're a counterculture to this world. It's not we who look ridiculous. It's the world that is ridiculous. It's the world that the devil has deceived, believing that there's such thing as transgender. Oh, don't get me started on that. My, my pastor, I'm feeling conviction in this house. Don't, don't get your mind twisted up and let the devil twist it up. Think straight. Think straight. Oh God, get your mind untwisted. Get your mind straightened out. This is right. This is right. We're not weird because we don't drink alcohol. We're not weird because we don't smoke cigarettes. We're not weird because we're not perverted. We're not, we're not weird. The world is weird. The world is perverted. God, come on, let's worship God. Come on, let's thank God for what we've heard here today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're here today without the power of the Holy Ghost, God wants to fill you with His Spirit today. He wants you to have it. You can have it. God wants to fill you today. Come on.